Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. This is episode 456 of The Sausage Factory. In this episode, I interview Dmitry Kashov of Sobarka Studio and asked him about the design and development of their roguelike shoot-em-up arcade swarm attack game, Remedium Sentinels. That was a bit of a long sentence. It wasn't even a comma or anything. Not even a semicolon. Anyway, punctuation aside, hello... Welcome to a new episode. This week we'll be covering a game genre that's exploded ever since a certain, shall we say, undead-themed game involving creatures that suck blood appeared. And indeed, we've featured a game that's of the same genre previously, Spirit Hunter's Infinite Horde. I remember asking some questions during that show and it kind of exposed that I hadn't actually played that genre before. And I, I sort of had some of the questions are somewhat naive. Thankfully, I kind of uh, sort of recover somewhat in this episode where I do have a great familiarity now with that particular genre. And Remedium Sentinels has a very different take on the, shall we say, swarm attack where you're simply moving around and herding creatures around while picking up things and becoming more and more powerful, etc. It's a very appealing experience as you become stronger and stronger and more sort of tactically aware. That's the best way I can describe the feeling when you are really got a great run going. Like, oh, I know exactly how this is going. I know exactly what to do. And, uh, yeah, Remedium Sentinels really leans into that in a good way. So, without further ado... Let's listen to me from the relatively recent past talk to Dimitri about the creation of Remedium Sentinels. Chris, take it away. Hello, Dimitri. Hi, Chris. Could you tell us who you are and what you do? Uh, hello, okay. Uh, my name is Dimitri. I am head of Sabaka Studio. 
Sabaka Studio is a game developer studio who, uh, which make games since 2016. Uh, we mostly famous by our beat'em up games or smashy, bloody, violent games where you punch, kick, and so on. Uh, sometimes with a shotgun. Um, yeah, but um, in not uh, that much, um, a lot of time ago, we started also some experimentations. Uh, we still working on new beat'em ups. We are uh, uh, some time ago present our new big uh, beat'em up called Keyboard. But uh, today we're talking about our another experimental experimental game, which called the Remedial Sentinels. Uh, I will tell you more about this probably <laughs> after your questions, Chris. Uh, so this is a game about. Um, uh, um, replayability about uh, starting over again and uh, making unique experience uh, after each uh, run. Yeah, and we're trying to expand. We are working right now on a four games uh, in a row in parallel. Our team uh, is about 30 people. Uh, we're still trying to do fun in games. We want to do big games. We, but also small games are much more, they have different aspects of um, interesting in the production. A few little games are cool because you can ship them fast and uh, have a resp- uh, feedback from the players. And long games you ship uh, once, but the amount of energy is huge. So it's uh, another bit of uh, energy. So yeah, uh, that's that's mostly about me. Cool. I'm going to ask you now your personal history. Can you tell uh, us um, how did you make your start making video games? Well, um, uh, somehow, uh, video games was always my hobby, my work, my job, my everything. Uh, of course, everything starts in very earlier uh, my life the, uh, years. When I was five or six, uh, there was uh, in the market uh, became uh, those new NES, um, Nintendo uh, uh, stations, but uh, pirated in our country. Uh, and we uh, played a lot of them, but uh, 99% of them was um, not legal games and uh, stations that was sold in US or somewhere else. So it was, uh, it, it, it's very interesting why, why, when after 30 years from them, I realized that uh, the games that I played uh, are not, uh, was meant to be like this, or <laughs> there was a lot of uh, interesting tricks with that. Uh, yeah, but so I've started with these games uh, on, on NES, Battletoads, uh, TMNT, Darkwing Duck, and so on. Um, then it was Sega. Uh, then uh, in, in my tenth uh, or eleventh degree in school, uh, it's, it's, it was, it was uh, sixteen years, I suppose. Uh, my father bought for me my first personal computer, and uh, I played. I, I remember how I played Half Life Blue Shift, <laughs> uh, and there was also other games. Uh, my friend had one, and interesting stuff about that is uh, when I get my personal computer, 
I remember this. I, I was very fan of games. I played a lot, but um, all the time that I spent with the computer, um, I tried to spend not on playing games, but this also. But also, I tried to learn how to do games. And it was not because I want to sell or, or anything else. It was just some nature under skin feel, you know. Uh, and I uh, download those articles about DirectX. It was uh, DirectX 3 or 5, something like this. Uh, I tried to draw a triangle myself. I tried to write some code uh, in, in flat C uh, and so on and so on. And uh, after my school, I go to learning mathematicians and engineering in university. And after that, <laughs> uh, it continues uh, in that way. So it stuck with you from a very young age, is yeah. what you're telling me. And this is not an unusual story we hear from guests. Um, some even younger, like, you know, when they're five or six, and they're given their first computer and they're jabbing away at the control key, trying to, <laughs> trying to yeah. program something. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So next question, and you can answer this on behalf of Sabaka or, uh, or indeed personally it's entirely up to you but the question is this as a creator what do you believe are your biggest influences my influence you mean how i change in minds in the world yeah just basically the thing you draw creativity from the thing that you orbit more than anything or you just take from and say yes i'm going to be inspired by this or be or create things based around it or what have you? It's just the what gets you going as a creator. It's an interesting question, uh, and um, I I, uh, I think about this right now uh, at this moment, and I, um, I I thought about my favorite game. One of my favorite games is uh, Legacy of K and series. You should know Crystal Dynamics. Um, uh, they have five or more games about Raziel and Kain who fight in the Nosgot and so on. Um, and the game uh, of uh, Raziel's story, it was very heavily narrative stuff. It was very story-driven uh, thing. And I, I loved this about because of that. Uh, also, my uh, biggest grow as a game developer also was uh, based not 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 uh, I mean in life in life I grow based on the, some movies also and other culture stuff and movies uh, also I I like love uh, all the time philosophical kind like you know uh, American history it's very philosophical you know, movie a Requiem for a Dream or Matrix or so on it, it's 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 uh, movies that makes um, myself uh, in, uh, partially. <laughs> And they all all very philosophical, and I love that. And I always looking for the movies. Well, not right now. Right now, I like Korean movies. <laughs> but yeah, uh, at those times, uh, my age uh, tried to draw inspiration from these movies, and that always was my my backstory. Uh, but nowadays, uh, when we try to do games, we more focused on the fun and gameplay itself. We are not trying to do narrative in that much kind because I don't feel myself powerful enough. I know, uh, I, I mean, I played and watched a lot of movies and games which 
very uh, deep on the narrative side. And I believe it should be ultra uh, talented persons who can uh, bring it to the players. And I know I can do that. I, I, I am a mathematician. So I, I am a very, very logically <laughs> constructed man. And uh, that's uh, very difficult for me. And also in my team and in, 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 uh, in the people who working around me, I, I don't know a lot of people who can bring this kind of uh, experience. Like, you know, what, what did, um, I forget, uh, don't, don't mind. <laughs> so, yeah, on, on the opposite side, we doing um, a, a games with the uh, brutal gameplay, fun, fast, quick, without uh, deep uh, stuff and cutscenes and dialogues and so on. And when you ask me uh, what is my inspirations and so on, I, I think that it's very interesting that we are I, I, I was learned on some stuff that I'm not trying to produce in the game because I know I will not be able to. Maybe in the future I will it's kinda very heavy responsibility and it's very easy to uh, be in a in a ship with this, this, you know. <laughs> when 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 you also uh, our first game was the Redeemer. Uh, Redeemer game about the guy who is um a Buddhist uh, monk, but <laughs> shooting from machine gun and kicking uh, uh, everybody as a badass. And that's when we, uh, it was my um, idea. Uh, uh, my my uh, colleagues helped me to bring it uh, and partners. Um, but yeah, and I tried to bring this uh, a little bit a philosophical way, how um uh guy who tried to find the peace and uh, declined to be a machine he want to be a naturalist and so on how uh, this metal uh get him uh, after some years when he tried to escape and he tried and then he have to destroy all, all, all of that we, we were not ultra successful this bringing this story to to a players players not get the uh, feel of it in much, but but uh, Redeemer game for us uh, keep keep uh, keep being interesting in this way for the players, uh, even for all the players who didn't play it before. So uh, a little bit, it was successful to do some this um, step to philosophical kind of thing. But uh, I, I we probably later we will make it um, better. But uh, at, at this moment, we're trying to do fun and juice. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Next question. What video game developer do you admire most and why? Um, the, the, the person uh, who is named Amy Hennin, who, uh, who bring the old narrative and story in the Legacy of K. She is very in- inspirable person. I-, I recommend everybody to um, know her. <laughs> uh, she-, she was uh, responsible for uh, for Uncharted, some parts of it. Uh, but before that, she was uh, do some job with the Crystal Dynamics, and she doing this um, Legacy of K stuff. Um, I- of course. Uh, I admire um, 
with some maybe I have a couple of people in my country. Uh, for example, one of them unfortunately has died not so many time ago. His name is Andrei Kuzmin Trant. Uh, a lot of people could know him because of the game Wagner's uh, or not Wagner <laughs> Perimeter um, and other games in the line. He is very. He was very admirable guy. Because when I learned in my university, he lived in the same city and he doing the games and he was a very famous person in the community. And uh, we all knew that we wanted to be like him. Kind of. Um, um, of course, I am admired a lot by technical guys. For example, the brilliant in this world is Tim Sweeney, uh, head of the Epic Games. Yeah, I, 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 this is guy just, I have no words uh, how all of this, it, it's just, uh, you know, uh, unimaginable. <laughs> so, last question. What are you playing right now, Dimitri? Um, I will not tell you. <laughs> Joke, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, uh, let me tell you uh, some of story. I have two kids, uh, uh, seven, uh, Eight and ten uh, age, uh, eight and ten, uh, and uh, nowadays we came closer to a moment when I will be able to play with them. But all of the time, all the ten years before, I wasn't able because, well, if I will play God of War on my uh, console at home, my uh, young boy who is five or four will look at it and. It could be not very good experience. I don't no, know, but no. but uh, kinda. And yeah. at the same time, those family games that are very nice, very all ages and so on. I don't like them uh, in general. <laughs> so so there was some lack of the this um, generations uh, uh, cross where I was not able to play something that, but. At the same time, there was one game that turned everything up and down. Uh, and it was Subnautica. This game completely changed everything. <laughs> and uh, thanks to Epix uh, and maybe Tim Sweeney, I don't know, who bring this at the first, as the first game to their program of free games, because I, I think I will not, wasn't uh, sure I want to buy this. I, I, I feel that this game is cool, but I didn't know. But they uh, give it for free. For everybody I take, I tried, and that was, I don't know what. It's a number one in the past time. Um, yeah, and, and it, it, that's the game that where um, we can play together. Not all, in all the moments, because there was some scary moments when children are scary, but still. Um, but I uh, finished my Subnautica a couple of years before, um, and there was a moment, not uh, uh, not um, uh, um, often enough, <laughs> but still, where I uh, have um, 10 minutes of my free time to try something. And what I'm trying right now, it's the game that... Uh, well, I have a very long list of the games 
uh, that I get for free in the Epic Games. <laughs> and I, it's like 100 games. And uh, at some some moments, I just looking for them and uh, and looking so which I didn't play uh, yet. And one of the latest game that I uh, choose as not playing and something that I can uh, get something from it in my little free time was Soma. Uh, philosophical, maybe. Well, I, I, I disappointed a little bit, but it's just uh, I don't have time to feel this game uh, on the max powerful because I need to deep uh, and I can. Yeah, so uh, like this. No, no, I can appreciate that, but uh, no, so Subnautica is an amazing, 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 game. absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and at the same time, and the same time, the second part uh, in, in the ice, um, in the ice, was not amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Bit Sorry, of a spoiler there, there but yeah, there, there it is. So that's the end of the first half. Well done, you made it. Let's. Uh, Take a little bit of a break and then move on to the second half of the show where we shall be delving deep into Redemium mm-hmm. Sentinels. So, before we do, can you tell us, Dimitri, what is Remedium Sentinels? Well, I, I'm, I'm imagining our listeners are um, kind of game designers. I will uh, say uh, Remedium Sentinels is, a, <laughs> in a good way, clone of Vampire Survivors, but in 3D with effects, uh, sounds, graphics, uh, kind of graphics. Graphics are in kind of PSX style, uh, uh, edgy, uh, pixelated, uh, and so on. Uh, and um, the, our one of, we believe, USP is the game is set in very unique um, lore and world um, style. So before we started working on the Remedium Sentinels, we worked for two years, I suppose, on a game called Remedium. Not Sentinel, just Remedium. <laughs> this is uh, uh, for us 
kind of classical uh, game with the uh, with the story with the linear progression kind of linear um, and uh, it, it was set in the uh, a world under cure uh, in, in the Europe there was cure <laughs> at some ages uh, two or three ages before uh, where everybody died or sort of people died and so on and we tried to uh, bring this to the game uh, a cure uh, where if a plague you plague you that um, plague you that uh, uh, kind of uh, destroy uh, humans and there's also mute on on the mutants uh, mutated animals and so on and we and we playing for the guy who uh, who sick but to not die he wanted to find a cure um and um when this game was close to being finished well in alpha alpha is when content is done and we're working on uh, fixing bugs and so on we was encouraged by vampire survivors and also we were very intrigued by technologies because um, in Unreal, when we're working with Unreal, when you spawn in 10 skeletal measures, you ha- you're dying on a FPS manner. And we were not likely that we're in, um, and, and we want to bring uh, 3D skeletal, uh, 3D measures who work in animation and so on, and so it not uh, slow down by performance. Um, and also we were, at, at the moment when we started working on the magazines, in a moment when we didn't have any release very long enough period of time. So we working on the medium and didn't, uh, while, while we're doing this, we didn't have any new releases and it was, um, you know, demotivated for us, demotivation. We, we want energy and player feedbacks and so on. That's where we decide to do this experiment and uh, also, we were very interested in how how it could be uh, played together where two games existed in one setting and one lore and one system. It's the games kind of from the same uh, <laughs> franchise, you know. Uh, but in the minimum settings, you're playing for, the, uh, for a special golems uh, who can fight against the plague and fight mutants and so on. And there was one city where people live, uh, like in the Zion in the Matrix. <laughs> and uh, these golems going out and trying to beat those animals and mutants and other plagued uh, enemies. Uh, yeah, so that's the game with um, very quick uh, matches, um, random, randomly selected uh, weapons, different uh, golems and person. And, and, and characters who can, can be customized, and uh, you need to fight uh, the plague. Yeah, so that's it. You're marching around a very desolate environment, uh, filled with creatures of unimaginable horror, all trying to chew your face off. And the only way to defend yourself is by actually attacking them, and then you as you attack them by simply, I say, simply moving. That's more to it than that. We'll come on to that later in the in this half. But you are trying to maneuver yourself around so you can actually 
optimize your attacks and therefore get the most experience. And the more experience you get, you unlock things, you get more and more powerful. And the cycle continues until you get to the point where you actually complete the level because you're almost unstoppable, which is great. Um, and that's, that's, the, that's the sweet spot. So one thing that I found with Medium Sentinels is it does a great job of modeling risk-reward. And what I mean by that is as you're killing creatures, hosts of creatures, they're dropping lots and lots of experience, this sort of experience, which, by the way, it doesn't fade away, listener. It stays on the map, sits there, just sits there. But you need to get to it. The player needs to get to the stuff, which is normally surrounded by other creatures. So... I'm asking you, how do you communicate or explain to the player or advise the player without telling them outright that, you know, you can go and pick this stuff up, but you're going to die in the process? So basically, how do you manage the expectation of the player to make sure that they do exercise both caution and patience when playing Remedium Sentinels. Uh, in, in, um, in, in, in this way, uh, I absolutely 101,000 and 1,000,000% uh, love early access uh, system in the Steam. Right. It's, the, it's the way. I, I, I honestly absolutely believe that all games need to be uh, made by uh, within early access. Uh, the uh, the guys who proved that is super giant, I suppose they are called with the Hades game. Uh, they did a lot of job in Nordics and Epic Games, and they made brilliant game with polished, very balanced, very um, good stuff and so on. And Vampire Survivors and Subnautica, all the games go from out from Nordics uh, and. Uh, and Alexis for them was uh, golden, you know, golden way, <laughs> and we go the same way. So um, <clears throat> uh, after we push the game to Alexis, of course, when I play my game, I press the buttons and I know speed of the creatures, uh, damage of the attacks, timings, and so on. I can even without you know upgrades and so on, I can very smoothly uh, go from the for the pickups and ignore attacks and it was it, it's very like ha- how the clowns and jungles in the circus are doing this uh, but of course in all access it's very clear and not all in all access but in all access we can we can see it and we can follow it how players afraid of creatures how they kill one guy see a pickup point with experience and they see that the creatures going on again uh, at, at some distance, and they're afraid to go to the pickup. I know that it's safe. It's you can go and don't afraid about because they will be slower than you. But people doesn't play like this. They fear of being damaged. Um, yeah, and we uh, listen to that and bring some uh, some adjustments. I'm not sure that they are ideal in. A game design perspective, but they work. For example, uh, we have waves, one minute, one wave, exactly like how in Vampire Survivors, and we 
made five seconds or maybe not five i can can be not uh, sure right now but some a uh, couple of seconds after each wave where enemies doesn't appear and you have some uh, hole in the timings to collect some of the pickups and well be at the minimum shape of the upgrades because yeah spot on early access is not a bad thing especially with a game like Remedium Sentinels. It needed it. You're right. You're absolutely right. Next question. There are a lot of upgrades in uh, Remedium Sentinels. How did you set about designing these? At, at, at the start of the, uh, the open game, it was very, very simple. We need one attack that attacks uh, around uh, enemies, one distant attack, one... I don't know, uh, uh, some also, not distant, not uh, melee, something average. And we bring some five or six um, uh, weapons, uh, and uh, each of them should be not the same as one of the uh, before. Um, and after that, we just continue doing this one by one. We always... When we when when I when I'm going to my colleagues and say, hey guys, uh, we now we need to do one more new weapon or two weapons. Let's think what it could be, and we just thinking um, which type of attack or kind of this thing we didn't make before. If, uh, for example, we have machine gun, and somebody uh, say, let's uh, do something uh, shooting projectiles. Uh, hold on, we have a machine gun which shoots the projectiles, and your projectiles it's kind of the same. We need something completely different, and we try all the day, all the times uh, imagine some weapon which um, uh, operates, behave completely different from all other. Uh, they uh, became a little bit similar in some ways, some of them. But uh, I think at this moment we were lucky to find uh, all the time something new in, in operations. Yeah. I think they're very imaginative and they're really, they do fit the uh, scenario and what's going on very well. Some of them are quite funny as well. Uh, but uh, what I've found wonderful is how they combine with each other and it can become quite devastating uh, to the enemies as they swarm towards you. One minute they're there, two seconds later, I don't know, 80% of them are dead. It's great. It's, 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 uh, it's very, very satisfying. So sure. I think you've done a good job of that. Next question then. One of the things that struck me as being unusual for Remedium Sentinels in its genre is that you can change the viewing angle. You can move the, the camera okay. in a limited way. Why? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I mean, um, um, we have one guy who is a fan of our studio, who always writing feedbacks and so on. And he, uh, at some point, asked us <laughs> to do some camera movement. He asks to do a movement uh, around, uh, so you can move camera a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left. <laughs> but we <laughs> we sit uh, at, at the at the computer and we try different things 
uh, when you're doing uh, moving camera to right to the left, you uh, facing an issue where your enemies are starting to appear from the air. Uh, and we can't uh, adjust um, appearance because uh, the game will um, be much more under pressure from the performance point of view. So we don't want to um, move camera to the left. Maybe we need to, but 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 at this moment we don't do this. But uh, some 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 movement with the camera is still um, uh, expectable, kind of on on the fingers. You you maybe you want to do something with the right finger, um, and we do this. And also, I have to say, at some of the moment, a couple of months ago, we record uh, a new video. Uh, some new trailer, you know, uh, with new features. And our trailer maker said, uh, guys, make make me a mechanic where I can change camera so my uh, movie will be more uh, interesting. <laughs> and all of this was catched up and made like this. And I'm not sure it's the best feature, but it doesn't do anything bad. So some people doing this, some people not. Um, maybe it can be a bit better, um, but we don't put a lot of effort into this as a feature. We believe it's decorative thing. No, I think it's great. I, the amount of times I've used it, just to zoom in, have a look, well, not look around, but just to see what's ahead. Like, oh, I can pick that up. And you go rushing off. And uh, so it's, it's a nice, I like it. It's a really nice feature. So <laughs> well done, that person. Um. Here we are. Last question. The visual styling of Remedium Sentinels is unique. It has low polygons, very jagged, and it almost looks like something from 2003. Now, that's not a negative, by the way. It's just an observation. But I have to ask, why did you adopt this style? First of all, when we started working on this, we were 100% sure we don't want it to be realistic. Uh, Remedium game is a realistic game. It has very natural uh, models, very realistic light, and so on. In this game, we don't want it. Uh, uh, the most of the... Uh, well, we, we kind of tired a little bit from realism in our games. And uh, we make a new game also in realism. <laughs> and, and it's... Um, uh, realism don't let you do fun at some moments. It's 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 a little bit um, um, making you you know um, very in, in in a small place. How to say. Um, it's restrictive, isn't it? If yeah, you yes, you find yes. yourself having to replicate what's real, so yeah. like, well, well, can we just make it a bit cartoony? Like, I mean, look at Pikmin. For example, uh, or, or or Mario or Sonic. I mean, these are all you know fantastical games with fantastical creatures in them. Um, yes. And so you've followed the same kind of uh, philosophy, where there's low polygons, there's strange creatures with you know cross between owls and. You know. but, but 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 there was a fun uh, thing about it. <laughs> right, fun thing about it. What was um, our um, lead uh, artist, technical artist, who uh, who bring the style. He 
he um uh how to he very toughly tried to push even while we declined his um <laughs> inspirations he tried to bring uh what i called classical low poly uh, cartoony low poly very brightful cartoony uh, low poly uh it's the game called uh, i don't, don't, don't remember one of the games which is uh, popular in steam in this genre forget how it's called doesn't matter um so classical low poly with this bright polygon so he uh he did great job in bringing this to the life but we in in the five persons just sit him uh, on his head and said no <laughs> we need we need dark we need uh, uh edgy we need sharp we need uh, something doom style first doom we need first doom <laughs> doom first doom or first quake <laughs> right now <laughs> and there was some fight internal where he tried to bring some uh nice visuals and we tried to make it horror like and so on <laughs> No, and uh, I think it really works what you've chosen to do. It's just this it's a nice callback to an earlier time, but it it flows so it goes so quickly. It's running at a great pace because it can because you're we're running on very 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 powerful computers now, so you can do masses of these creatures, loads of them, hundreds of them because there's not much to them. And it's great. It's a wonderful I mean, that's how I think it. I mean, I'm sure you could have, uh, if you chose, which you didn't, for obvious, you know, for, for reasons you've already described. But no, it's a, I think it's a really, it's one of the things that uh, attracted me to uh, Remedium Sentinels is that it's this presentation. It's, um, yeah, it's, I think it's very dark, but not, there's still, there's still uh, a sense of um, fun about it. So it's good. Well mm-hmm. done. Thank you. So, Remedium Sentinels has been developed by uh, Sabaka Studio. Can I ask, where does the name Sabaka Studio come from? Uh, so we natively speak in Russian. Right. And uh, uh, in Russian, uh, when you will say Sabaka, it means uh, in English, dog. <laughs> so uh, uh, dog is a dog, right? It's a dog. It's an animal with four um, legs and so on. Uh, in Russia, uh, dog is sabaka. <laughs> so, so if you know how to translate it, you will need that we are dog studio, kind of. But nobody knows that, I mean, in the world. <laughs> Only in our local community knows that. And that's why uh, this word doesn't have a translation uh, most of the time. And at the same time, sounds pretty, um, pretty in a good way, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's much longer than dog. <laughs> I, I, I tell you a secret. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> no, no. No one knows now. It's fine. Uh, and it's published by uh, Buka Entertainment. And yeah. could you tell us what platforms Remedium Sentinels is available on, please? Uh, all, all, of, all of them. Uh, Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox, all, all Xboxes. I, I honestly don't... Can, can, can't uh, say how many Xboxes are now. I know, it's confusing, isn't it? I wish it wasn't, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
NPC, uh, Steam, uh, Epic Games, uh, some other uh, smaller um, stores, and uh, maybe I I can't promise. Uh, we just think about it. Maybe it will go live to uh, mobiles, but I I don't anything promise. We just uh, try and do some experiments and uh, don't have any plans right now. That's fine. That's fine. But no, it's, it's available on all the current platforms, everyone. And even Xbox and Switch. And yeah, PC. and Switch and PC. Uh, I've been playing it on the PC. So, uh, and it uh, works quite well. On the deck as well, works quite well. So, yeah. So, Dimitri, it's been wonderful having you on this show. It really has. Thank you for asking me. No, it's, um, you're more than welcome to come back to talk about what next you're uh, working on. Looks like you've got four games on the run, so we can choose one of those and <laughs> come back. But uh, in the meantime, thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Cane and Rinse for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website, Cane and Rinse. Don't call.